Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. Faith is not just for the bright days and the fun nights. Faith is what we hold on to when the doctor tells us we have bad news. Faith is what we hold on to when the money is low and bills are due. Faith is what we have when it seems like everyone around us is gone. When you have fake friends, you still have faith. When you have real enemies, you still have faith no matter... Amen. Let's get into the word. Uh, Today's message is going to come from the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter. I'm going to read uh, Hebrews 11.29 all the way through Hebrews 12, verse 2. Again, that is Hebrews 11.29 through 12.2. I am going to be reading the New International Version of God's Word. Uh, Let's see what it has to say for us today. Amen. Hear ye the word of the Lord. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, and about David and Samuel, and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned into strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again, There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Therefore, Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. 
For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Pray with me, please. O Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. We thank you for every good and perfect gift that comes from above. We thank you for the opportunity to gather once again in your name and study in your word. Lord God, I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Let this be another opportunity for people to learn about Jesus in the pardoning of their sins. It is in your son's precious, perfect, powerful name that we submit this prayer. Amen. Uh, for the time that we get to spend together uh, today, I'd like to talk a little bit about the real cloud. The real cloud cloud. Uh, July 1976 felt like a momentous time for the people of the United States. That month, we celebrated the 200th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence and its inspired American Revolution. Uh, during that same time, something else happened. Uh, but this event didn't make the newspapers, and most Americans had no idea it was happening, but it would change their lives forever. At a meeting of the Home Brew Computer Club of Palo Alto, California, a 25-year-old electronic engineer named Steve Wozniak unveiled a new computer. He and his business partner, Steve Jobs, had just invented it. Uh, its plastic keyboard poked up through an opening in a wooden case, and they called it Apple One. It was the first commercially successful personal computer, and it was made or unveiled in July of 1976. In 2021, an Apple One computer sold at an auction for $400,000. The collector who bought it wanted the Apple One solely because it was a piece of history. It's hard to imagine our lives without personal computers, including uh, desktop computers, laptops, tablets, and those powerful smartphones that we carry in our pockets or purses. Uh, when computers first came out, um, one computer room or one computer would be almost as big as this sanctuary. And now you can fit a computer way more powerful than that in a breath mint box. When computers first came out, storage was a problem. Uh, hard drives and disk drives, that took up space. Reel-to-reel, tapes, all of that stuff took up space. You need garages just to hold your storage. But now, we save data to the cloud. The internet and the World Wide Web arrived and connected us in ways that we couldn't have imagined before. 
Now everything just sinks to the cloud automatically. You don't have to worry about losing your family photos or your documents. They're out there, stored away safely in the cloud. But cloud computing, which so many people depend upon, is not the original cloud. Uh, that distinction belongs to another cloud that is equally invisible, but more mysterious and harder to wrap our heads around. We read in Hebrews 12, one where it says, therefore, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. A great cloud of witnesses says this, uh, surrounds us, says this anonymous apostle who wrote it. And, and who are these witnesses? Um, and how are they surrounding us on every side? Uh, the preceding verses lay it out before us. The, the, the author writes uh, throughout the book of Hebrews about the faith of, of Abraham and Sarah and Jacob and Joseph and Moses and a whole company of wandering Israelites and even Rahab. They list other unnamed faithful ones as well, those who suffered mightily to keep the faith. Some suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned to death, sawed in two, uh, killed by the sword, and they went around wearing sheepskins and goatskins because they were not connected uh, to the economy by going around being a believer like they were. They were destitute. Some were persecuted and, and tormented. But even then, with all that they went through, the author says, that the world was not worthy of them. You see, many of us see our nation as the home of rugged individualists. The lone cowboy, strong and self-sufficient. Our homes, they're our castles. Uh, and our ideal is to make our way in the world and rely on others for nothing. Far too many people distrust the yearning for community as a sign of weakness. We should be able to get it on our own. Sociologist Robert D. Putnam has spent much of his life studying this hyper-individualistic national trait of ours. And in a recent book he calls The Upswing, he mentions the research of social psychologist James Pennebaker and how our preferred pronouns reveal our deepest values as we talk with others. And when I say pronouns, I'm not talking about the pronouns you attach to your name or prefer to be called. I'm talking about the pronouns that you use in your English language. Uh, Pennebaker has analyzed how much people use I instead of we. And he has found that the people in the strongest marriages use we more often than those with strained relationships. He has also found that the most deeply self-confident people are generous in their use of the word we. The insecure people favor I, 
Moreover, the frequent use of I is correlated more with the risk of depression than the use of the word sad. Uh, I just completed a book as well that's called Never Split the Difference. And the author of that book said he was a FBI hostage negotiator. And he said that whenever he was negotiating with people who have taken hostages, he knew who was in charge by if they said I or we. And the one that was willing to say we, 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 we was in charge. But if they said I, that meant somebody else was running the show. Uh, whether it's a relationship or a negotiation or any other thing, we have to understand that we are in this together. Amen. And the cloud of witnesses that's referred to in the text uh, lets us know that our faith connects us. Faith, uh, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I know we like to pretend that we're analytical and we're logical, but I would submit to you that we all use faith all the time, even outside of our religious habits. Uh, we go to bed and wake up in a building we didn't build. We eat food many of us didn't grow. We drive cars that we didn't engineer on roads we didn't make with other drivers we did not train. We go to doctors and take prescriptions that we don't know anything about and take medicine that we don't know anything about. We trust other professions when provided with little to no information. We sit in chairs with faith that they're going to hold up. We hang around people with faith that they are not going to do ill will to us. We exercise faith all the time. So it's not that much of a stretch to say that there's somebody who loves you and loves everyone because we're all his children. Faith. Faith allowed the people of Israel to walk on dry land when Pharaoh's army chased them. Faith allowed the people to walk around the walls of Jericho until they fell. Faith is why Rahab helped the people of God take the promised land. Faith helped Gideon. Faith helped Barak. Faith helped Samson. Faith helped Jephthah. Faith helped David. Faith helped Samuel. Faith helped all the prophets over and over and over again, the Bible gives us stories of people who won because of their faith. The faith helped them to conquer kingdoms, receive the promises, and survive an alliance. Then faith helped heal the sick. Faith helped raise the dead. Help put a, faith helped to put out fires and scare armies into running away. Faith gave people the victory. Some had names. And some did not. These were not perfect people, but they had a heart for God and they had faith. Faith can lead to some amazing results. And not only does faith lead to amazing results, faith can give you courage in some rough situations. Uh, the text lets us know that faith is not only for the good times, but that faith also held the people together during the bad times. Faith held the people together while they suffered mocking and flogging and prison. Faith kept the people while they were running, wandering in the desert looking for the promised land. Faith kept the people while they were destitute, persecuted, and 
tormented. Faith is not just for the bright days and the fun nights. Faith is what we hold on to when the doctor tells us we have bad news. Faith is what we hold on to when the money is low and bills are due. Faith is what we have when it seems like everyone around us is gone. When you have fake friends, you still have faith. When you have real enemies, you still have faith. No matter what's going on, you got faith. It's faith that keeps me from cussing somebody out when I know they deserve it. It's faith that lets me know that we may endure for a night but joy comes in the morning it's faith that lets me know that the that no weapon formed against me shall prosper it's faith that lets me know that many are the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord will deliver us from it's faith that lets me know that he who has begun a good work in you shall perform it until completion until the day of Christ Jesus if I ain't have nothing else I still have my faith Faith, the same God that all those people believed in during those times, the same God that was with the people who succeeded and the same God who was with the people who were suffering is the same God that is with you during your trials and tribulations. We can do it because we just got to look to Christ. After all, Christ was willing to endure what was going on for a greater glory. He endured what happened on the cross because he was looking at the finish line and not just where he was at this time. Jesus was the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And Jesus gives us what we need to run the race with perseverance. When running a race... Joy isn't found in something other than the race. It's located at the end of the race for those who complete it. It's okay to get happy in the starting block, but I'd rather be happy on the champion's podium. I'd rather be happy at the finish line. And so the joy comes in the completion of the race. In Hebrews chapter 10, the author says that Christ came to do the will of God, which included perfection during, through suffering, even the suffering of death. Consequently, he endured the cross, knowing the joy lay beyond the act of completing the will of the Father. You see, having completed his race, Jesus is now at the right hand of God. Uh, that's a reference to Psalm 110, which is all over this letter. Hebrews references the Psalms a whole bunch. Jesus then, he's the prime example of faithfulness. He endured a horrible death. And, and when he endured that horrible death, that sacrifice, he attained an unparalleled position of honor. The author turns to Christ to let us know that we can look to Christ as the climax of all his examples of faith. It's encouraging us to know that we can 
stay steadfast until the race is completed. We look at what the people who have gone before us have had to go through, and then suddenly what I have to go through does not seem that bad. So I can hold on to my faith and stay steadfast until I complete my race. Because Jesus has already gone before me, and in Jesus, I have the victory. He came through, they say, 40 and two generations to live a life that we couldn't live and give a die a life that we could die a death we couldn't die and become the perfect sacrifice, a ransom for our lives. Jesus, who's enduringly strong. Jesus, who's immortally graceful. He gives strength to the weak, and he's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes, and he saves. He's our guard, and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses the lepers. He forgives the sinners. He discharges the debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate, and he regards for the age. He rewards the diligent, and he beautifies the meek. Jesus, who came and, and was Mary's baby, born in somebody else's cradle, rode to town on somebody else's donkey, gave himself up for somebody else's sin, and was placed in somebody else's tomb, but he got up on the third day with all power in his hands. He's coming back again. That's just not where the story ends. Will you be ready? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open, and we invite you to come. Pray with me, please. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the word that went forth for those who heard it and those who will hear it later. That if they desire to know Jesus Christ and the pardon of their sins, they'll ask, what must I do to become saved? We thank you for this great cloud of witnesses who has gone before us, who have had faith in victory and faith in suffering, that we can look to them as our example for life. Lord God, we ask that your word that has gone forth be a seed that is planted in good soil and produces a great harvest, 30, 60, 100 fold. It is in your son's precious, perfect, powerful name, Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for watching this video. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Don't forget to connect with me on social media, Pastor Johnny Simpson Jr. on Facebook, at Pastor J. Simp Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for watching, and God bless.